Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. We have conversations surrounding coffee, entrepreneurship, creativity, and community. I'm Matt Pfeiffer, and my co-host, Kevin Miner, is the smooth talker who asks all the good questions. Our guest today is Oliver Holacek, the young and impressive owner of Primo Botanica, botanical chocolate, out of Troy, New York. Oliver's got some absolutely bonkers stories about his early years exploring cacao farms in Belize, running from a farm spearheaded by a shrimp pirate named Scarface. Yeah, I know. He also tells us what a cacao ceremony is and shows us how incredibly complex and mouthwatering chocolate really can be. This is our Mother's Day podcast, not because we interviewed a mother, but because, you know, chocolate. Buy some chocolate for your mom and support a local business. Head over to primobotanica.com, link in the show notes. Speaking of local biz, do I have some amazing news for you. Upstate Coffee Collective is selling coffee. I know, it sounds right, doesn't it? We are offering what we are calling highlight roasts, which are collections of the most ridiculously good coffees we can find from around the United States. These come and go, but we aim to always have a great selection to choose from. We work with companies we love in order to obtain as much information about the coffee plant, the coffee producer at origin, and the coffee roastery or cafe as possible, and then present it to you in an approachable, consumable postcard. This way, you are able to make amazing coffee at home and know you're supporting businesses in the best, most transparent way you can. The postcards will contain a summary of information for you, and if you want to nerd out with us, we have a QR code on there that'll take you to a page on our website dedicated to our exhaustive research on your product. Head over to upstatecoffeecollective.com to learn more about our highlight roasts. Thanks for all your support, and let's get into it. Here's our conversation with Oliver Holacek of Prima Botanica. Enjoy. This call may be recorded for quality assurance. Oh, I like that. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So our guest today is Oliver from Primo Botanica Botanical Chocolate. Did I get yeah. that right? Yeah, you got that right. Oliver, what's your last name? Holacek. Holacek. I didn't is want to botch Polish? it. Um, it's Czech. So Czechoslovakia oh, went. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Kev. Holacek. <laughs> All right, so you're the owner of Prima Botanica. Correct. Killer. Um, Super cool. I have to admit a level of ignorance when it comes to chocolate. I'm not like a crazy sweets guy at all, but when I do have it, I definitely prefer for it to be some Primo chocolate. And this has it in the name, so it's already marketing to someone like me. Um, (laughs) Give give us a rundown. How did... uh, your love of chocolate come about it and or your love of chocolate business yeah yeah yeah, for sure um i mean honestly oh. i think like my love chocolate developed from uh so like i i got my bachelor's up in plattsburgh um mm-hmm. and i was like like coffee was definitely like a big help like during the day for classes but it wasn't something that i wanted to drink like late at night so like dark high percentage chocolate like became like my go-to stimulant because like it wouldn't really keep me up but it would give me like that edge that i needed so that's kind of like the way that i sort of redefined 
how I saw chocolate. Like I saw it as a stimulant, like as like, you know, sort of a performance enhancer. Yeah. Um, for studying. Uh, so that's kind of how that started. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I don't think I really like got into tasting different chocolate until, um, like until the last like four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the other things that sort of like really got me into it was, um, I, I went through like the woofing program. It's like the, it's like volunteer farmers. Woof is the worldwide opportunities on organic farms. Uh, they are a worldwide movement linking volunteers with organic farmers and growers to promote cultural and educational experiences. Yeah. Uh, I think like second year in the college, um, I, I took a summer and, uh, spent it in Belize. Whoa. Didn't, that's super I didn't, cool. I didn't, yeah, it was awesome. Um, I didn't intentionally go to like stay on a cacao farm, but I just ended up at one. Uh, so I was there for about two weeks, uh, just like helping dig like uh, a pit privy, like building, um, building housing for volunteers, like pruning cacao trees, harvesting, fermenting. So kind of just like doing all of the, the kind of the pre roasting processes of yeah. uh, cacao production. It's a lot of peas. That is cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. So I, I would say that I've gotten to be a part of like every aspect of the the industry, which is pretty mm-hmm. sweet. So I've done I've seen the growing, I've seen the manufacturing, I've even exported some illegally, like by smuggling <laughs> it. <laughs> so you you, <laughs> you, know, you like, saw the backside of the industry too. You like Yeah. yeah the dark cool. side. Right. That's cool. What compartment yeah, well, actually, in your bag did you use, or did you just like have it in your pocket? Them. Like, well, no, I mean, I, yeah. no, I mean, I, I just I had like a backpacking backpack and a duffel bag, so I filled both. So I I brought very minimal clothing with me, and I just wore all the clothing. Wow. Yeah. And then you just had bags of chocolate, of cacao beans. What? I'm picturing I'm picturing that episode of Friends where Joey wears every like every piece of clothing he has on top of each other. Was that Joey? Yep, that's Joey. That's from the episode, The One Where No One's Ready. Chandler steals Joey's underwear, so Joey does what he thinks is the opposite of that, which is wearing all of Chandler's clothes at the same time. And he says, you steal all my clothes, I wear everything you own. Oh, my God. I don't know. Kevin, Kevin's not a sit, uh, sitcom guy, so. I don't know, man. Yeah. We had a Rock, massive Rock disagreement about, uh, about the quality of certain sitcoms. I won't get into it. I don't want to bring up old fights <laughs> on the podcast. Oh my god! No. Okay. So, wait. Like so back to episode two, right? Uh, right, right? No. So, so you did woofing, and you were already like looking at chocolate. You like you were redefining the way that you looked at, and you ended up on a cacao farm, like yeah, roulette wheel like, style. You know, uh, a little bit. Yeah. So I, I had a couple different like basically the way that Woof works is like you pay um, to access like the um, what do you call it? Like there's like a list of farms on there and then you can just reach out to any of the um, any of the farms and like whether or not they actually get back to you is going to determine um, if you go to that farm. Uh, uh, so there was like one that got back to me. and That's the first one that I went to uh, okay. and like shit kind of. Shit kind of went awry on the first farm. Oh, wow. um, that that was like, it was just like this rich dude from uh, the Bronx, and he just he was just sort of this like you know American guy that like bought property and like decided he wanted to be a farmer, but had no idea what he was doing. 
That's the American you dream. Know, so, yeah, so he had like <laughs> hundreds of acres and had no idea what to do with it. Yeah. So he's just like, I, you have gardening experience like, to me. And, he, and I was like, I, I, I kind of. He's like, well, I want you to like build a garden, like a vegetable garden to like feed myself. I'm like, uh, OK, I'm just like volunteering. I was trying to learn. I ended up like having to leave that farm because the farm manager like threatened me. What? Um, yeah. So Dude, I, your like, life is already so interesting. I don't like, even I don't even understand I mean, I just, what's I happening. Just put, I just put myself in like shitty situations. Like a lot of it's like just a lot of solo traveling and mm. like not dealing with situations like the way that I could. Um, <laughs> so I ended up like packing, packing all my shit at like 6 a.m. and like running down the street and like catching a bus. Wow. Um, and that's that's how I ended up like at the second farm. So it was sort of like my backup. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that wow. was in uh, that was in 2009. So, so almost 11. How old were you at that point? I was uh 19. Okay, wow. So that's you're cool, so you're you know just just barely entering your 20s and you're you know down where was this again i'm sorry it was this mexico is, this right in belize. belize yeah 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 so belize is like fully english speaking it was like uh british honduras so it's like north mm. northeast central america i think it's like right below honduras no yeah below honduras right next to guatemala on mm. the uh on the gulf side I'm so the, it's very oh tropical. cool it's not yeah I'm the the type of <clears throat> I'm the type of privileged white dude that can say that I was on a cruise ship that stopped in Belize. So yeah. I, you know, I, like like people like that go like, yeah, I've been to Belize. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you yeah, mean? You like, probably, you see, you I probably went to like Placencia or something. Uh, probably. I I don't know. I was I was in my late teens as well. Yeah, funny story. Matt was also threatened by a farm manager in Belize. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're notorious, man. They're just. <laughs> he got on the cruise ship. It was like, I don't know. Nah. Oh, come I'm on. Not sharp oh, enough okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, by this, the way. Hey, this yeah. guy, he was actually a, uh, he was a shrimp pirate and his name was Shut Scarface. The Shut the fuck up. <laughs> making this up now. He was a shrimp pirate. <laughs> he had, like, he had like a little, he had a boat with like his crew and he would steal shrimp from other people that had caught shrimp. And then that, oh my god, that is amazing. Yeah, wow. That's this the world. I don't know if it's true, but I think this world is just. I whether or not it's true, the fact that that story exists at all is is yeah, proof no. that we like, are. Who's gonna make up that you're a shrimp pirate? Exactly. Yeah, we are a chaotic species, and that. Proves- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a shrimp pirate by <laughs> night. Uh, that that's the weirdest moonlighting thing I've ever heard. But, okay, so you're 19. You're a bus hopping. Cacao smuggling, shrimp cowboy, pirate of, shrimp pirate escaping, <laughs> young man. Uh, what brought us? Okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. All of a sudden, did you have like a resurgence? Did you stick with chocolate and like Primo Botanica came out well, of this so experience? Huge, huge part of it. I mean, so like I um, gained a lot of influence like from my cousin Jay, Jay Holochick. Mm-hmm. It's like. He's been sort of doing this for like 15 years now. Um, so mm-hmm. he's in, uh, well, when I, I didn't meet him until I was 14. He was living in like Seattle and then he moved yeah. to Berkeley, California. Oh, well, cool. Bay, Bay area of California is essentially where the craft chocolate in the U.S. started. Yeah. Um, so it started with Scharfenberger, which was then purchased by Hershey's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have companies like Dandelion Chocolate that are in San Francisco. 
Mm-hmm. Just like all sorts of shit like coming out of Tech Valley. Yeah. Um, I think just people have money and starting a chocolate company costs a lot of money. Uh, oh. So he was he was in that world to basically provide it, like doing consulting for chocolate companies. So he just has a, like a really good sense of flavor. Um, so he oh, was cool. like working with a, comp- a couple companies. Um, he eventually like helped start a company called Latest Batch, um, and they were sourcing exclusively from Costa Rica. Um, yeah. he, had, he had like bought like six years ago. He had bought like an eighth of an acre of like rainforest property in Costa Rica for like thirty thousand dollars, an eighth of an acre, um, <laughs> which is not much. That is, no, yeah. that is that is a very uh, small that's like that's like if i were to take right. just like a, a little section of my backyard and decide i'm gonna make a you know put a little garden in there does that grow yeah, a lot of chocolate like, though no it's like enough for like a hammock the benefit of it was that it was uh right next to um his friend harlow um and harlow mm-hmm. owned like 200 acres of Oh. Um, right on the like San San Juan River, so it's like an hour south of San Jose, the capital. Oh, cool! Uh, and Harlow started a chocolate company called Buena Ventura, um, Good Adventure, and uh, he also he was like a big part of the Enliven Festival. Like they harvest, um, he would harvest like blue clay from the river and sell it to Enliven. So like if you see pictures of people just like covered blue like mm-hmm. from his farm um but they also i think there was already a small cacao farm like on the property so they were starting to like work with some of those trees mm-hmm. and produce like basically their own like white label chocolate for the farm um but i think in i can't remember if it was irene or katrina um the san jose completely flooded and just wiped out um harlow's like entire house and like a bunch of shit so he had to he had to kind of like repair from that oh man yeah so like everything was kind of destroyed including jay like my cousin's property his eighth of an acre was just completely <gasps> made into a river so now he owns an eighth oh, of, an acre of river wow yeah it's about owning, that. owning a strip of river kind of sucks because as soon as you get in your strip like you're already out of your property <laughs> you <know? laughs> like, oh. yep you're already trespassing as soon as you get into it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's crazy. So it, it definitely wasn't like a great financial decision, but like he, he would spend like six months down there um, working with other cacao farmers. Mm-hmm. So he, so he's, he's basically um, like his, his company was called uh, chocolate ambassador. Uh, okay. So he would essentially connect cacao farmers with chocolate makers Oh, cool. um, in in Costa Rica, so he has like a pretty extensive network down there, um, including like his his friend Juliet, who owns her own little company called Mama Cacao, and it was him, uh, her, and I that had just gone down to Mexico uh, before the pandemic. So we were there yeah. from like mid February to uh, beginning of March. Oh, um, cool. yeah. So kind of just having like a chocolate adventure. But anyway, so he, yeah, so he's worked with a lot of chocolate companies, which was definitely like, I would say 75% of the incentive for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of just like slowly, um, like fell into it. Uh, awesome. I knew that I wanted to create a, some kind of like superfood manufacturing company. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, 
like I was making like raw granola for a while. I was doing like mm -hmm. dehydrated. Like I, I've been interested in like uh, herbalism, like nutrient dense nutrition for a while. Yeah. Um, so I really just wanted to find like the medium to encapsulate that. So chocolate became that thing. So that's why I make chocolate with botanicals, you know, so like basically like herbal ingredients that like have benefits besides flavor. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, obviously, that's the other part of your name is Botanica. Yeah, Botanica, yeah, yeah. right. Because that was your approach from the get go. Yeah, exactly. what was uh, what was like the idea that sparked do it? I mean, obviously, you're into pre you're into botanicals, you're into herbalism. You you've worked with chocolate. You now have these connections. Was there like a an aha moment, like a eureka sense, or was it kind of like it developed over time? You're kind of like, oh, we're doing this chocolate. What's the name that we have for it? The name, yeah, I don't, I actually don't even remember like where the name came from. I think it was like, uh, so I like I I went and visited Jay, um, like in in Costa Rica. Uh, in 2000 it was like beginning of 2017 so three years ago so essentially my company is like three years old um, okay because I, I like I, I was just making a bunch of stuff and I was like I, I want to learn how to make chocolates so I was asking him if he could send me uh like cacao nibs to grind into chocolate and he's like well I don't really have enough to ship to you so if you want some you need to like come to Costa Rica I was like oh okay and that's Crap. how you became a chocolate pirate <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A technically a chocolate um, uh, mule, like a cho chocolate arbitrage agent. Arbitrage, <laughs> yes, yeah. that is the word of the day. That's the name of the podcast episode. Chocolate arbitrage. Yeah, I love it. That, hey, I, mean, I wanted a company name, but you know, I wanted yeah. to. I I've had this question kind of uh, burning. This has been a burning question. What got you? What brought you to New York? Because I'm I'm hearing that you were obviously traveling in Central America, and you were on the West Coast for a while. What brought you to New York? Uh, well, I mean, I was I was born in Albany, so I oh okay, I'm, I've got a lot of family here. Uh, but like I like after I like I went to school up in Plattsburgh, and then I moved back to Albany, and then I got a job in Troy. So that's that's kind of how I ended up here. So okay, like, so I, family I, family always brings us home. Yeah, exactly. And totally. I just like started being like I, I wanted to be part of the food industry here. So I was working at New World Bistro in Albany for a while. Oh, uh, Nick Orlando. Yeah, exactly. Nice. It, was, nice. it was before he was like really spending much time there. Like he was still down in Saugerties at his other restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and now he's like now he's like head chef there. Yeah. Um. And then, and then I got a job at Capital Roots in Troy. Um, you okay. know, they, they do like food access stuff, you know, so they're working mm -hmm. with local farmers and providing like affordable food. Um, and then I got a job at Lucas Confectionery, like doing, like being a cheesemonger. Um, oh, wow. But I was also trying to like get some of their confectionery going. So I was like making truffles, doing chocolate stuff. Um, and that, that was in like basically like left there early 2017 and that's when i that's when i traveled down to costa rica because i had time i was like fuck it mm -hmm. like time to explore totally. that's been sort of the story is it's like i'll work for a while and then i'm like mm, i'm gonna travel now so i'll just time like, to explore yeah yeah like my resume looks like shit people would be like so you were homeless for eight months i'm like 
technically, yeah. <laughs> but you chose to. <laughs> you, you were like, you are like, no, nah, I wasn't homeless. I was worldly. That's a difference. <laughs> well, you know, well, extensive extensive bouts of traveling, you know, traditionally people will say, oh, well, yeah, like exactly like your work experience will will suffer. Your resume won't look good. But is that's kind of that's kind of uh, that's a flaw of our of our like capitalist system more so than, you know, of, the fact that you want to go be worldly, like see other places, experience new things and meet people. Mm -hmm. Somehow that can be turned into a bad thing, and that yeah, it's kind of it's odd. I mean, it is kind of true though. I mean, part of the reason I wanted to own my own business was because I didn't want to work for anybody. Mm -hmm. You and me both, you know? bro. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's the cool thing. Is just, I, can, I can just like pack my bags at any given point. And sure. Like, yeah. The only thing that's going to suffer is my business. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to get fired. I can always come back to it, and I think my customers will understand. Yeah. So I can That's cool. structure, structure in a way where I can still live the way that I want to live. Yeah. Um, I mean, even that, you can also train somebody and then like be like, hey, I'm traveling for a little bit. Be like, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So uh, these are the things these are the things we want to um, we want to talk to you at length about today. Uh, I want to know and this is me personally. This is coming off the top of my head, but I want to know how to taste chocolate i want to know how chocolate's made because i'm i'm very uh i'm very deficient in that department i just it, it to the point where you know if i see dark chocolate and it says like a certain percent cacao i'm like well what's the rest of it <laughs> it's, it like, matt right. still thinks oompa loompas make chocolate is what he's getting at and he wants to know if they do exist or not you and... told me <laughs> kevin you told me you were gonna bring that up i, I asked you that in confidence kevin and, uh, and I told you that I was going to bring it up in confidence. Obviously, we've already gotten a little bit of your background and where you come from. Um, I want to know more about like, you know, like your company, kind of like your philosophy about how you operate your company. I want to know how you take your coffee, uh, you know, whether or not you have any sort of morning ritual for your uh -huh. coffee. And then we're going to mm -hmm. talk about, you know, what's your jam. All That's kinds cool. Of that you, know, you know what I want to do, Matt? What do you want to do, Kev? I want to taste this chocolate. Yo, I do too. All right, let's All right, start with cool. that. So yeah. in yeah, front yeah. of us, for the listeners, we have a bar of Primo Botanica chocolate called Cafe Superior. And it looks mm -hmm. like it was made with touchy coffee. Shout out Matt Loyacono. That Guatemala, dude, that's what he brought to the November meeting, maybe. It might not be the same lot, but... It, it, who knows? But regardless, he made good Guatemala last year, so I'm happy about it. Um, so I'm seeing this is batch number one. Uh, it was crafted on the 1st of April, so this is, like, fresh stuff, man. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then on the back, you've got, like, a little about the bar. So give, give us the walkthrough as we're going through this, Oliver. Absolutely. Yeah, let me grab a bar so I can, like remember <laughs> okay yeah oh i'm sure yeah. i'm gonna while, while you're grabbing a bar i'm gonna just read the about the bar because i really love this yeah do um, it. it says in times like these we figured it was time to make something with coffee coffee and chocolate are not opposite they complement each other this particular coffee is roasted and sourced by touchy coffee based out of superior merchandise in Troy, new york the beans are grown by Lazara Perez in, you're going to have to help me out with this Wait, one. Wait, wait, Tenango. Oh, Wait, yeah. wait, Tenango, Guatemala. And processed by the A-S-D-E-F-L-O-R. 
as DeFlore Cooperative and imported through Shared Source. Enjoy with a light roast cup of coffee. I believe the cup of coffee I'm drinking right now, Kev, you can uh, confirm. This is a little bit of a dark, like a medium roast, right? This is definitely... Oh, this leans into the dark, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, is, which is fine. It's delicious, though. Like, it, it's yeah, really it smooth. Mm-hmm. No real, like, extensive bitterness. Well, yeah, so this... Okay, this coffee, my first impression when I, like, grabbed iron coffee... Um, from them, like just even talking to Mike is just like, oh, cool. This is going to lean into that robust flavor. Like Mike's like covered in tattoos. There's every time I die albums on the wall, he's got a Harley set up in the shop. Like it's right. named after like iron heads, the Harley motorcycle. Oh yeah. So like, this is like, yeah, cigar, leather, tobacco, <laughs> coffee. Um, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, I feel so, like okay. in contrast, touchy, like. You know, t- like, uh, you know, Superior Merchandise has Matt. such, like, a curated look. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, you know, and, and sure. like, everything about what they do, it's just very, it's very, like, subtle. So I think, Clean. I think it's, like, with their, with the way that Matt roasts, roasts his coffee, it's very similar. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was, I was, like, uh, like, I didn't really know how this bar was going to turn out, um, being that it's, uh, like, I don't know a whole lot about coffee roasting, but I would, I would probably define this as, like, a lighter roast. Okay. Um, you know, so it definitely has a lot of like a lot of fruitiness, lots of acidity. Okay. Um, so that's the coffee itself. The chocolate that I use for this is a blend. Um, so Maya Mountain is in Belize. So that's a farmers cooperative. Okay. Or Verde is in Peru. Uh, Golden so Green. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's like a funny name. That's a place. Like they just named their place two Bro, colors. Right. Well, it's like it's like green gold. Green gold. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, so it's like uh, like black gold is coffee. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, so a little bit yeah. So this is a it, this chocolate is just cocoa beans, cocoa butter from the same cocoa beans and coconut sugar. So it's That's just awesome. a, te- technically a two ingredient chocolate mm-hmm. with um, freshly roasted coffee ground into it, really smooth. Um, That's awesome. All right. So yeah. for our listeners, obviously it's gluten free. Yes. So they can go and like shop it and not even have to ask this clerk if they're one of those people who asks without looking at the package. Vegan. Mm-hmm. Yep. No dairy involved. That's awesome, man. It's paleo. Um, oh. Um, unrefined sugar. You know, so coconut sugar yep. would technically be considered within uh, paleo standards. So this is a dual origin. Um, so single yeah. origin would mean. The uh, the cocoa beans come from a single a uh, single country of origin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, dual origin would, would mean like two countries. So you got Belize and Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, a state would mean it comes from a single farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have another bar coming out pretty soon that's going to be considered a tri-estate. So okay. it's all all from Costa Rica, but from three different farms within uh, that country. Nice. So it's kind of just like refi- like it's uh, it's highlighting the flavor that that's produced in each of those farms, but like oh. synthesized together. Uh, so it's like a nice nice fusion of flavor. So nice. I think did the you, same. Yeah. Did, was there something about those two farms that made you like when you tried them, you were kind of like, oh, I'm gonna do this and like just meld the, them together. Yeah, the Maya Mountain and Oro Verde. Um, these, I mean, both uh, like Belize and Peruvian origins tend to have like a nice, uh, like earthy, um, 
like earthy, fudgy, mm-hmm. uh, a kind of classic like chocolatey mm. flavor. Um, mm-hmm. So that you know, I figured would go really well with coconut sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that like our our sourcing works is uh, like Jay Jay sources the cacao um, like in the Bay Area, so it's really just like whatever we have access to. Like right now, we're doing mm-hmm. all of our roasting um, in it's the Firefly Chocolate Factory in Windsor, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Firefly, they work with like five different origins of cacao and they make ceremonial cacao. Uh, so oh. that's basically just cacao beans, like no sugar added. Um, and they, they sell to people that are doing cacao ceremonies. So it's like a bunch of... It's Dude, like, I have to ask, what is a cacao ceremony? Yeah, I really was like, could you explain It sounds amazing. <laughs> how can I become a part of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the invite only like <laughs> right i mean there's a there's a lot of different uh like formats for it but cacao ceremonies essentially are, like come from uh guatemala um okay and i don't i don't really know like a whole lot about like the actual like history of them all i know is that um essentially like group of hippies have sort of like uh like commandeered the practice like as their own and it's usually like mixed up with like yoga and other things that like aren't distinctly mayan um but it's essentially essentially it's like classic white people dude yeah yeah, yeah. it's essentially mega dosing on cacao like so you'll you'll drink like two like two ounces of just pure cacao like Mm -hmm. what does that do to the body well, so cacao, so it's a little bit different in coffee in that, um, like, cacao is high in theobromine, which is sort of, uh, it's like, it's essentially the same molecule as caffeine, but it's uh, it's oriented slightly different. Um, so I think it's considered, like, an isotope of okay. caffeine. Um, so it can, like, instead of, um, like, passing through the blood-brain barrier and affecting, like, the brain, it only stays in the body so like caffeine kind of like gets your gets your thoughts going mm-hmm. um, theobromine is much more physical so it'll like increase circulation like give you like you know physical energy and that's one of the reasons why like in the beginning of the interview i was saying it like it worked better for studying and going to sleep because it wouldn't it wouldn't keep my brain super active at night mm-hmm. uh, yeah so there's that it's it's yeah i mean chocolate is full of it's like 500 different chemicals like there's actually serotonin and oxytocin in cacao whoa so when you when you mega dose and you're doing a cacao ceremony like two three ounces of cacao you're getting like actually a large quantity of serotonin and oxytocin which generates uh feelings of like like just like overall bliss and happiness uh, yeah yeah yeah, you're feeling good oxytocin is like is the chemical that's produced in like mother's milk so it's actually the chemical that connects a baby to its mother so it actually creates feelings of love wait so you're saying if i if i eat enough cacao my mother will love me again yeah i'm just i'm just thinking like (laughs) (laughs) i I love you mom mother's day mother's day is coming up next month if you need chocolate (laughs) (laughs) feel connected to your mama um But for real, I mean, that's that's kind of what the cacao ceremonies are. And that's why they're usually um, like paired with yoga and stuff, because it's like it's a very physically oriented feeling. 
And, you know, it's like, it's great for group bonding. Like, so people will actually, like, instead of drinking alcohol, they'll do mm-hmm. cacao ceremony and then basically have raves without any drugs, except for Whoa. chocolate. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what it is. Like, there's these things called um, morning glory festivals, and they actually happen at, like, 6 a.m., like, in cities. Like, I think they're really popular in, like, New York and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But people would mega dose on cacao at 6 a.m. in the morning and then just dance for two hours and then go to work it's kind of yeah so like the many way like same thing in coffee like you have different rituals of making it and it's the same with Mm -hmm. with chocolate like there's different rituals of eating it you know so this uh this chocolate's kind of designed it's like a tasting chocolate Mm -hmm. um rather than a drinking chocolate okay uh so like a drinking chocolate you know you take chop up and then like mix with water basically preparing it the same way that you'd be preparing like matcha uh, oh. So you'd be crushing it up into like just fine granules and then um, you'd be adding like I usually use like 198 degree water. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then you whisk it. Do you like whisk then, it? Yeah. And then you whisk it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's you cool. can you can do it in a blender, too. Um, yeah. Either, either way, like if you want it really frothy. Uh, Dude, so I have no like, idea people approach chocolate so many different ways. Yeah, and it's. I think it, I think like the nuance of preparing is becoming um, like it's becoming a little bit more specific. Like the craft movement only started like 15 years ago. Oh well, right, and here we are. Like so, even <clears throat> even craft coffee has craft coffee's I guess been around since like the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but this our generation sees a bigger you know kind of resurgence of ritual of routine like you know taking the time to be present and Mm -hmm. like for me making a cup of coffee is uh an escape from you know like let's say i'm at the office and i'm you know i've spent the last hour of my morning answering emails and i'm already stressed and i'm already like you know kind of dialed into work it gives me the opportunity to take a second and focus on something else and be present centered and Mm -hmm. um, i think that that translates over to all kinds of other things if you just this chocolate you know you could just eat it and be like "Mm, it's chocolate or you can think about you know what am i tasting where is this from and just kind of learning and experiencing it with with a different perspective yeah Mm -hmm. and then it kind of opens up for you you know i mean with like with coffee there's like that uh i don't know what the term is but that kind of like fluttering thing you do with your mouth in order mm-hmm. to taste it so mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what i wanted to like the slurp. do yeah so with when you're tasting chocolate like typically you just take like a small amount so like a single square and yeah. you know first i'm gonna do it while you say well, it. yeah let's get that chocolate out yeah, yeah. oh dude i've i'm I got my yeah. square so you know like i'm not gonna so lie i'm halfway gonna break it, it break it in half so that little square yeah okay break the square in half again yeah break the square in half put it up to the mic yeah nice so you got a nice like uh, like snap, so that's kind of that's gonna tell you about the temper of the chocolate. So this is kind of all like quality, um, quality and like analyzing analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, so the snap is gonna say that the chocolate is in temper. So that's basically like you have these crystallized cocoa butter molecules, and you want mm-hmm. them to be really small. So that's mm-hmm. gonna basically increase the density of the chocolate and how long it takes to melt. So then you're gonna uh. take the piece, and so you don't want to chew your chocolate. Right, you kind of want to let it melt in your mouth and like move it around your tongue. Yeah. Wait, exactly. are you telling me I've been eating chocolate wrong my entire life? You're, yeah, your entire life. Oh my god. 
Yeah, <laughs> call the police. <laughs> well, no, not right. really, because that—that's the thing. Is it's like there's a difference between eating chocolate and tasting chocolate. Same with okay. coffee. You know, it's like if you're drinking like a latte, you're not going to drink it the same way that you'd be drinking like a pour over. Uh, well, uh-huh. right, and even when you're tasting Different. coffee, you you know you you slurp the coffee if you're trying to you know when you're trying to spread the coffee and aerate it over your tongue that's different than just taking a big gulp of coffee right for the for the physiological effects right yep yeah and that's the thing so it's just like you know when you're doing a cacao ceremony and you're drinking chocolate that way that's a much different way of consuming it than consuming it this way this is like, you know, we're we're trying to like analyze the specific flavor compounds like from a specific origin, like how how those flavors like evolve. All um, of it. So yeah. So basically we have like three different um stages. We have the like first melt. Um oh. so that's kind of like the first flavor that, you, that you'd be getting. Um, you know, so you might get that coconut sugar flavor most immediately because oh, the yeah. The sugar particles are going to dissolve quicker than the cocoa butter takes to melt. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, sugar but that cocoa first. butter is like right behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you get the heart. So the heart of the chocolate, that's going to last the longest. So you're going to get like 10 seconds of flavor, and that's going to sort of evolve. Um, and that's probably where the coffee will really start to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, citrus is coming through. Yeah. Absolutely. I was mm-hmm. just thinking that. I was like, is that like mm. a... A sharp, like, citric acid flavor. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then you have, like, the finish. So after, like, 15 to 20 seconds, like, a really good chocolate's going to leave your mouth tasting good. Like, it shouldn't it shouldn't be, like, overly bitter. Like, you shouldn't have a bad taste in your mouth. It should, like, you know, it should you should keep on, like, riding the wave. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so then you I'm get, like, it. like, subtle, like, floral notes, like, maybe some other, like, citric notes, like, more of the subtler qualities. Mm-hmm. Mm. Dude, yeah, seriously. I gotta yeah. say, just uh, just from the you know couple of minute, uh, I'll call it procedure that you just walked us through. Um, my experience with this chocolate is so different because I did throw a piece of chocolate in my mouth before we had this conversation. Or same with Kevin, right? Like Kevin's halfway through his bar already. <laughs> yeah. But when I tasted it the first time, I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. Okay, uh, but then like I didn't have much to, I, I didn't think much about it, right? Yeah, In the yeah, same way, a lot of people right. just drink coffee or eat. Uh, people are funny about food. People are still kind of ritualistic about food, especially if you're really hungry yeah. or you know that what you're about to eat is really good. You might savor it, but things yeah. like chocolate, you're just like, I need chocolate, and you just eat it. Yeah, in yeah. volume, not in this in this way. So th- this is really right. cool. I I can't believe how much I just got out of that like little piece, that little half of a square. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just like chocolate or like cacao is pretty much the most complicated, complex food. Right. What? Like it has how many it has it has the most flavor compounds out of any food that exists. Yeah, no you dropped way. a number before. Yeah, there's like 500 at least. Like different chemicals, right? Yeah, it's amazing. And That's like awesome. some of those, some of those, some of those are like you know physically okay. active. Some of them are just like you know produce yeah. certain flavors. All right, Oliver, uh, I'm taking notes. What are all of the chemicals in? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Ready, go. <laughs> I have a list somewhere. I, yeah, I was you actually do? thinking about putting it on my packaging. You know, so Is it just like, like a having... binder. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well. 
one one thing because we've been thinking about you know how to how to direct information to consumers in in not an overwhelming way yeah and one of our ideas and you can um you can happily take this if you want is give like the the overview details like exactly what you have on your packaging here Mm -hmm. but then add a little qr code in the bottom right with like, you know, hey, right. if you want more information and then if like you really if somebody really wants to nerd out, they can scan the QR code and you've got a, a yeah. you know, a page yeah, on, on the your website. website with right. That's a great all idea. The chemicals. Yeah, totally. And that's that's kind of like uh, I can I'll talk about this a little bit later. Um, but I wanted to talk about a little bit about the uh, like production of chocolate because that's going to. Yes, please. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so most most of the flavor development in chocolate production is actually going to be coming from the fermentation. Okay. Um, so that's that's like like crucial to good chocolate is having good fermentation. So mm-hmm. most like ninety like ninety five percent of cacao beans on the market aren't even fermented. Um, so that's considered like bulk like commodity cacao. Um, and that's so what's like used Hershey's, to, Nestle, not not even right. just Hershey's and Nestle's, but like Lint, Giardelli, Godiva, yeah. like all of those companies, they're not using fermented cacao. Like that's it's still shit cacao just with a fancy box. Um, You're so blowing the, people's minds right now. There's someone listening <laughs> to the podcast that's like yeah. looking at Lindor truffles right now and they're like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch! I was fooled again. You uh, lied to me. And the thing is, is like those are you know they're all just like you know it's it's just a fancier version of Hershey's. Like there is there really isn't much of a difference between like lint and Hershey's besides yeah. some of the ingredients. Like they still have soy lecithin. You know it's still super high in sugar um, depending mm-hmm. on the chocolate. Like if you ever eat like a hundred percent lint bar or even like a ninety five percent, like it is not enjoyable. And no. like I think people people specifically uh, choose that type of chocolate because it's bitter, mm-hmm. uh, and they think they think that is actually a sign that it's higher quality. Oh. Uh, but it's actually a sign that it's like low quality. So people people have like kind of like you know bittersweet chocolate, like chocolate, yeah, like high high quality chocolate should not be bitter. They so people what you're saying is like once again, the marketing industry has led people astray. Into a yeah, belief system right. that pervades an entire topic yeah, that is exactly. like completely backward. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, the bitterness, <laughs> the bitter, the bitterness um, gets reduced through yeah. quality through quality fermentation. Oh but quality God. quality fermentation takes at least five days to actually do. So, like when you're talking about, um, uh, let's you know, so there's a, like in in Mexico, there's uh, there's coyotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are actual people. Um, that will come to a farm and essentially say, like, we want to buy your entire supply. Um, and they'll, they'll prey on, on farmers that have been having issues. Mm-hmm. And they'll buy the entire supply for far below market value. Mm-hmm. And then they'll sell that cacao to companies like Hershey's. Um, mm. So that's like when, you, when you're talking about fair trade and stuff, like that's yeah. the opposite of fair trade. So they're yeah. actually buying below market value. And the only way, like the way that that cacao can be sold is by not fermenting it, because essentially you need to go from um, from harvest to sale in like two or three days. Because if a coyote comes by and they're like, we want to buy all your cacao, you need to have yeah. it available for them like that. The coyote is not going to be around for, you know, 10 days for you to um, for you to harvest, ferment and dry. Like it's like oh, a 15 wow. day process. 
Wow. Uh, so they essentially need to like get it ready for sale in like under a couple days. So they'll harvest it, dry it. Sometimes they, they won't even dry it. They'll actually, um, they'll actually force dry it. So they'll, they'll basically roast it. Um, so that, so like some practices are like smoking it. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. ways to like quickly dry the cacao. Yeah. Um, so actually when you're sun drying cacao, the cacao continues to ferment after it comes out of the fermentation boxes. So that's why like, you know, quality fermentation is going to take, you know, 11, 12 days, depending on the humidity and like rainfall. Yeah. Um, you know, so really, it really depends. That sounds very similar to um, a certain aspect of the cannabis industry, actually. Mm. Yeah. Like the whole like, like, dry, like uh, yeah, as far as like, th- yeah, taking care of it, like drying it, go- getting to that process where you're about to like trim, like it yeah. takes time. I mean, especially if you're growing outdoors, like if you're, if you're doing like hydro, it's like, it's a whole nother thing. Like you can, you can choose, you know, you can choose when it's gonna, uh, flower and Mm -hmm. and things like that. Oh yeah. But you know, with cacao, it's like, it's pretty unpredictable. Um, and I, I think that's why it's, uh, it's important to have, uh, cacao producers have more of like a direct connection with chocolate makers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because chocolate, like I, I'm pretty small, so I don't really have to deal with this too much. Um, but if you're, if you're a big company and you are planning to buy like 25 metric tons mm-hmm. of cacao and the cacao that you're thinking about buying isn't ready yet, you're just going to buy it somewhere else. Oh uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so the, the, the producers that are dependent on a certain chocolate company to buy their cacao, yeah. Um, may, may not be able to sell it. And then a coyote comes by and they'll be like, well, uh, we'll, we'll still buy your, like, at least you'll make some money we'll buy from your it for cacao. cheap. Yeah. We'll buy it for real cheap. We'll buy all of your cacao. So you basically know? there's like, there's like a topple effect of like, oh, we need it now and you don't have it ready yet because you don't exactly. have control over the actual crop. Yep. And then like, they're like, okay, cool. We got to go find cacao because we need to make money. And then. Yeah. These people are just sitting there like, like, oh, what are we going to do? And this coyote comes by and is like, oh, I'll buy it for like two bucks mm-hmm. instead of 10. And so then they yep. have to sell it yep. at two bucks a pound. And then like that coyote just goes, hey, what's up, Nestle? Yep. Here you go. Exactly. Like, wow. Damn. Yeah. I, I just want to say I want to make a quick aside. Every every little square of chocolate I'm eating right now is better than the last to the point where now this is probably the best chocolate I've ever eaten in my life. Question, Matt. <laughs> How much is left for Kenzie? Um, How much is left for Fife Wife right now? Fife Wife gets as much chocolate as she wants. <laughs> <laughs> I've That's only true. had a couple that of squares. That is true. So. Yeah, That's I don't true. make the rules. I just you have them. that little like uh, thing in the front of your house. You know what you should do, Matt? Is like thing instead thing of having now. candy, you have candy there. I know. I've walked in. Oh, the little M&Ms. candy bowls. Yeah. yeah. You should just put. You should have a cacao ceremony when people enter your door, so that they're not they allowed. To, bliss, they're not allowed to, to enter more, my door until they've had the cacao. Yeah, they're so. more like connected to their mom, and then you guys can hang out. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're forced to eat the chocolate, call their mom, tell their mom that they love them, and then they can answer. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, dude, so that's cool. So like, so you're actually you're helping the fair trade community just by having your company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like my, my company is pretty small. Like we're only going through, uh, you know, probably like a thousand pounds of chocolate a year. Um, That's still a lot of chocolate in my mind. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's like a thousand pounds of cacao beans. Um, wow. So it's like, you know, I mean, like to, so that, that might be like a single harvest for, okay. for like a small scale farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're getting our cacao from like different origins. So it's kind of yeah. like moving, moving forward. That's what this trip was about. Um, when we went to yes. Mexico, let's get into that. Yeah. You just came back yeah. from Oaxaca. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we were, we were in the state of Oaxaca. Um, mm-hmm. we were in the city of Oaxaca, um, okay. for about four days. Um, but then we, we took a, an 11, 11 hour bus ride down into Chiapas. Who's we, um, by the way, when you say uh, we, oh, so I was like, Paint yeah, so this picture my, for me. My, yeah, so it was my cousin Jay, um, okay. who's out in California. Yep. Um, our mutual friend Juliet, who lives in Costa Rica. Her company okay. is uh, Mama Mama Cacao. Yep. Um, and uh, and then in Oaxaca, also my my uh, fellow cooperative member uh, Dylan joined us for the trip, uh, but then left before we we took the bus to Chiapas. Okay. Um, I was going to ask quickly, are you a sole proprietorship or do you have uh, partners? Yeah, right now I'm a sole proprietorship. Um, like I'm, I'm looking into some other, some other, uh, like business structures. Uh, like I would like to get, become a B Corp. Um, totally. And also thinking about like having some sort of cooperative ownership so that my cousin can own part of the company because oh, cool. he's doing, he's doing a lot of the manufacturing for me right now. Mm-hmm. So I think it would it would make sense to have. Well, and he also like has that. that network, like you were saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's huh. you know he has, he has all of San Francisco and he's lived there for you know like ten years. So yeah, it's like yeah. pretty. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, I tend to derail the uh, the conversation. So let's. Like, um, so <laughs> I so just you're in Oaxaca. So, so yeah, you're in Oaxaca and you took an yeah. eleven hour bus ride to Chiapas. Yeah, so for we were in. Uh, uh, San Cristobal de las Casas, uh, which is mm-hmm. a little beautiful um, mountainous town in Chiapas. Um, that was like our first trip. Um, and then so we like visited a couple different chocolate makers there. Um, mm-hmm. So that's basically the last like tourist touristy town we were in. Um, but got some got some cool leads from a chocolate maker uh, called Alchemia. Um, you know, they're, they're doing all, all their own roasting. They basically have developed like a direct connection with farmers in Chiapas and, uh, source their cocoa beans and their sugar and their vanilla, like all from, uh, farms in Chiapas. Oh, cool. So I was, a- I was able to buy some vanilla from them. So it's like this, like wild harvested vanilla, um, you know, for like $800 a pound. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Dude. Just like, oh, yeah. Vanilla is no joke, man. Yeah. Damn. So I'm going to be, I'll be releasing a bar that like will, will really like focus on that vanilla pretty soon. It's going to be, um, it's going to be the primo of the primo. Yeah. Is what you're talking about. Well, vanilla, <laughs> vanilla, like a pound of vanilla is a lot, right? Yeah. Not, not really. It, oh. I feel like, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it <is. laughs> it's like a handful. Oh, wow. Like you what? could hold a pound in your hand. Wow. Yeah. That's like, pretty easily. Yeah. So it's like when they say it's like one of the most expensive spices, like they they mean it. I don't know. Who That's they no is. joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I say it's one of the it's most been... expensive spices. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I um, think like saffron is like two thousand dollars a pound or something. So vanilla is like up there. And this yeah. is also some pretty premium stuff like it can vanilla ranges from like like three hundred dollars a pound to a thousand dollars a pound. So this uh-huh. is like definitely like top. You're notch. up there. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so this, so we, uh, 
that was like two days. And then we took another seven hour trip down to the Guatemalan border. Uh-huh. And that's where most any cacao that grows in Mexico is going to be um, the southern border. Um, so okay. this is a Tapachula. So still in the state of Chiapas, but um, basically as south as you can go. Uh, okay. That, the thing is, is that most of Mexico isn't tropical. Like basically the only tropical regions are along the coasts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like most of Mexico, um, like drinks chocolate, like Mexican chocolate's like pretty popular. Like you can order hot chocolate at pretty much any restaurant, cafe throughout Mexico, but it's all coming from these, like just a few growing regions. So you have uh, Chiapas and Tabasco and Veracruz all on the Southern border. And that's, mm-hmm. where, that's where all the cacao comes from. If I, oh, wow. So if I order a hot chocolate in Mexico, Obviously, um, they're using really high quality chocolate. I think they're going to look at you and be like, dude, it's already hot down here. What are you doing? Uh, (laughs) Aside from the fact that hot chocolate in the middle of Mexico is questionable, what what does a a hot chocolate drink look like? Because I'm thinking of Americanized hot chocolate with like milk in it. And what does that look like? Yeah. So like, um, I mean, there's, there's different types of like, hot chocolate throughout Mexico. I mean, the, the traditional Oaxacan style one um, is it's like a 50%. Uh, so you have 50% cacao beans, um, about like 49% sugar and okay. uh, and cinnamon. Um, so it's like a, it's like pretty sweet, um, but that's usually just blended with water. Uh, so water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like the, like hot cocoa is usually made from, Cocoa powder, milk, sugar. Right. Um, traditional Mexican chocolate is made with actual chocolate and water. Okay. Oh, cool. So it's like when I when I talk about drinking chocolate, I'm talking about traditional um, cacao like and water. Yeah, it's cacao and water essentially. Wow. Yeah, the Mayans were all up on that game, like maca, cacao, like just yeah. everything like could be whisked and like ground and drank with water and then they'd be like and this makes you super for like five hours enjoy <laughs> like yeah that's, that's the thing there's like there's such a deep um tradition to drinking chocolate like throughout mexico and the, you the thing you you mentioned it being really hot and that's actually not the case like a lot like like the the mexico i think that people are that the people have visited like you know, Cancun, like those those yeah. places are, you know, pretty hot and tropical. But like Oaxaca, you know, it'll get down to like 40 degrees at night. Well, Oaxaca, so, yeah, it's, it's up in the mountains, right? Uh, Yeah, it's high elevation and it's in the desert. So oh. it'll it gets really hot around and then, this time of the year. Like it'll get like, you know, 90s. But mm-hmm. if you go there, if you go there like, you know, October to February, like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. It's like 70 during the day and 40 at night oh know, wow so, that's a big yeah, drop similar to like how it is here right now that's funny uh so it's just cool and dry um well we say that as as it snowed yesterday yeah, yeah. exactly but it's 65 today so yeah, yeah. you know so oh, it's I stepped outside today is it nice <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice it's, today buddy yeah. i'm going for There's, a run as far as like the hot chocolate it's um i think traditionally it wouldn't really be like steaming hot it okay. would be kind of like lukewarm. Um, but the thing is, is like, you know, and, you know, thousands of years ago and like Aztec and Mayan societies, like they didn't have ice, you know? Right. So it's like any beverage that you're going to have is like, is going to yeah. be either fermented 
or it's going to be hot. Like, yeah. there's like two ways of like really like drinking something. Ah. Well, okay, speaking so, of drinking. Yes. Kevin, what's in your mug? Same thing that's in your mug, baby. Coffee. Iron coffee. Yeah. <laughs> We're drinking yeah, that iron uh, coffee life. Just, you know, um, Oliver, Matt and I have been trying our best through this time to like here and there just have these little spurts of like, hey, we're going to go buy coffee from this person, this person, this person, um, just to like keep putting revenue into our coffee community. That's the whole reason this yeah. even exists in the first place. Why? Like everything that our coffee community is led up to the two of us being able to sit down with you and a bunch of amazing other people who we have set up for the podcast and just talk about coffee and chocolate and passions and life. So we're making sure that we put the money back into it. And I was talking with super cool. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately I forget what Mike said he put in the bag of coffee and the bags unlabeled. Cause it was just very like, I was just like, Hey man, I just want a couple bags of coffee Thanks <laughs> so much. And I was like, I was already like on a mission. And as you can tell, Oliver, I, my attention span is, you know, it's just peachy so we've got uh we've got iron coffee uh the i don't know exactly which one it is i apologize mike um but it's delicious i actually evan uh made a french press last night of it it was the first time i had it we were drinking it last night after dinner and um it's good man it's like yeah. everything that i would think mike's coffee would be it's leather right. tobacco smoke like oh it's but heavy. The, the body, yeah, the body's a little bit of a heavier body. Mm -hmm. It's definitely like a medium tending on dark roast, but it's not, um, it's not that full city like you know carbon flavor that no, that I burnt. try to avoid. It's beautifully, it's beautifully crafted, and I I really like the finish on it. It it doesn't linger in your mouth very long. I know two people linger. who are gonna like this. Kenzie Pfeiffer and my mom. And your mom. Yeah. Yeah, Kenzie's going to love this coffee. Yeah. Kenzie still tends on the dark side, but I am bringing her over to the light side, as I have said previously. Yeah. Oliver, what's in your mug, man? Uh, so right now, I'm just uh, drinking sludge. Um, but I was... <laughs> um, so I was I was drinking some... Uh, like, I, I had made a French press of some coffee that I got while I was in Oaxaca. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, so we we went on like a little chocolate maker tour. Um, so there's three different chocolate companies that we went to visit while we were there. Um, and it, we interviewed all of the chocolate makers. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one is called Caracol Purpura. Um, and it's a it's a can you spell that real quick? Yeah, it's a C-A-R-A-C-O-L. Mm -hmm. And then P-U-R-P-U-R-A. OK, Purpura. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so they, yeah, so that they have, they built their own, um, roaster. Um, so they're roasting cacao beans and coffee. So you walk in, you wow. can get chocolate drinks, um, coffee drinks. Oh my like, God. Yeah. I mean, any, like there's, there's way more, um, chocolate cafes in Oaxaca than there uh -huh. are, um, coffee cafes, which is kind I, of interesting. I bet that place smells delicious, man. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like pretty like there's like light roast. Um, it's it's interesting. Yeah, Mexican like Mexican coffee um, is is very interesting. So I guess this is from yeah. this is actually grown in Chiapas. Uh, oh, cool! It's a uh, the process is lavado, so it's a washed um, like washed mm -hmm. bean, 
um, medium roast. Uh, the the variety says uh, Tipica. There's typical variety, so mm-hmm. I'm not really, like I'm not really sure what that means. Is that like a rabbit? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a Rabica like, Tipica. Yeah, actually, the one oh. that we just got from Matt Loya Kono has Tipica, yeah. Katura, and uh, I can't remember the other one. Yeah, see, but I yeah. know nothing about coffee. I didn't realize. I thought there was just like just Arabica, but that doesn't make sense. It's the same. No, Arabica. Arabica is like yeah, Arabica is like a tree, and then there's other things yeah, that exist yeah. within Arabica. Okay, it's yeah. the same with cacao. Like, I mean, so that that could be like a whole other podcast, but like. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, so, come back. We'll so have more chocolate. Two, part two, part two. <laughs> right? Yeah, because I'm thinking yeah, next time we can get into some of the more specifics. Um, like I can talk about roasting curves in cacao versus coffee. You know, oh, so yeah. Kind of cool. maybe, maybe Matt and I could come on and we like we could kind of um, like go back and forth about oh, roasting. Oh, my God. Yes. Please. Uh, um, Matt, I would love and you. Right? Something I'm really interested in is, is uh, really... Like like I teach classes uh, on chocolate making. Um, I've done I've done stuff at the um, the art center. I'm gonna be as soon as uh, uh, social distancing kind of lets up, I'll be doing a class at um, different drummers' kitchen, Savas and Plaza. But I'm oh, also cool. thinking about doing some classes uh, just over Instagram. Yeah. But you know, roasting roasting is like key to um, to good chocolate, also. So quality. Dude, I'm gonna something... hook you up with my brother. He would be super interested in this. I bet. Oh my god! Yeah. Calm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and anybody that has like a Bedmore um, for like micro roasting can use that for cacao also. <gasps> That's cool. I hope yeah. Mark Romatico is listening to this. Do you yeah. know what's going to happen is we're going to fall into this rabbit hole of chocolate and we're never going to come out. That's cool. Well, my, and the, the whole my whole point is that, you know, if you're if you're roasting coffee, like you can do both. You know, and that's the thing. That I think coffee and chocolate go together really well for many different reasons. Like yes. gr- grows in the same region, essentially roasts in the same way. Um, and there's like, you know, very similar types of ritual that go along with it. That's cool, man. Um, so, so, okay. So you got this coffee. It's a light roast. It's from Oaxaca. It's, uh, yep. it's the Caracol Purpura. So yep. what does that taste like? Like what flavors are going on in your mug, right? So it's like it's honestly like just like very lemony. Okay. Mm. So they yeah. leaned into the citrus on that. Oh yeah. Is oh, it like bright yeah. lemon or is it heavy lemon? Um, I would say it's kind of like a roasted lemon. You know, okay. it's like if you've like cooked oh yeah cooked salmon with with lemon. It's yeah, like, like you wrap it up in the foil on the grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You and I would get along when it comes to um tasting notes kevin will tell you my my flavor wheel we, we have like a oh a matt's god. flavor wheel oh my god we did it oh. we did a cupping <laughs> we did a cupping with jacob and alejandro from um ja coffee is it ja coffee culture is that yeah ja coffee culture shout out boys I shout out yeah and i miss them too speaking of guatemala alejandro right oh, is he from our guatemala? yeah he's our favorite guatemalan i didn't know that yeah um he was that's actually like, he taught dude that's a whole i can't wait to have them on we're going to talk about their past both of them like you want to talk about coffee like a coffee culture existing in one household oh their partnership is like a melding of coffee worlds that just makes me cry it's so beautiful it is <laughs> yeah it really yeah. is um right, but awesome. 
but yeah, so Matt, what were you saying? I'm sorry. What was I saying? I mean, I don't know. I'm hyped up on chocolate now. Yeah, me so too. Like lemony, lemony tasting notes. Oh, Matt's tasting, uh, tasting notes. Wheel. Uh, oh, yeah, right. My, my, my flavor wheel is hilarious. We were tasting a bunch of like lacto fermented <laughs> coffees. Um, and I was getting these like Chinese food esque <laughs> notes out of it. I was getting like fried rice and See, Corey uh, made fun of you so bad. Well, oh, he didn't yeah. make fun of you. He made a t- yeah. Someone we were making, we were Matt's all making fun wheel, of me. And like Matt was like, teriyaki is the tasting. You teriyaki beef jerky. Here's the thing. You weren't oh wrong. God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that's, getting the. That's the thing. Matt's I was like, I was taking the chemical compounds that I was tasting. And mm. instead of relating them to one flavor note, I was relating them to like an entire food that I would eat. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and so is, like. It, it, it's it a way to sense. do it. Well, and the big thing that I always point out to people, especially when I'm talking coffee, because I come from like a really humble background of I just love like I just loved coffee. I've loved it my entire life. And I'm lucky to be in like I'm seriously every day. I'm like, oh, thank God I work in coffee now. Um, Mm -hmm. But like you until you wire your brain, like it's like learning a new language whenever you're learning new flavors. Like I learned a ton from you today, Oliver even just like the little bit that we did about tasting notes for chocolate. And what that does is that's like a language lesson. So now I've got a little bit of vocabulary that I can work with when I'm tasting that chocolate. I've got a little bit of grammar, but you know, I'm still not speaking it fluently. And every time you taste coffee or chocolate or wine, you're, you're taking a, if you're doing it right, you're taking a language lesson and you're going to take something away. And once you wire that part of your brain to understand, Oh, That flavor is blank, you know, like, oh, that's yeah. a little bit of that lemon. That's a little bit of that, I, like, cocoa butter flavor, you know? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like, what, like as far as, like, tasting, what I've found to be almost more useful than mm-hmm. – so it is to actually, like, take these same tasting methods, like, sort mm-hmm. of just, like, slowing down, chewing, like, yep. the other foods that you eat. Um, because oh, yeah. if you Because if you actually want to know – like the kind of quintessence of like what a food is. Like if you want to taste a raspberry, you need to actually eat a raspberry. Yeah. And then yeah. and then you'll be able to pick up those notes in coffee, chocolate, wine, cheese. Because yep. if you don't even know what those things taste like, if you just like chew them and eat them and you're not really paying attention, how are you mm-hmm. supposed to find those notes in coffee? Yep. One of the yeah. roasters, um, <laughs> one of the roasters for Cat and Cloud in, um, in San Jose. Is it San Jose? Uh... Negative Ghost Rider, that would be Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, California. Cat and Cloud have two locations in Santa Cruz and one in Aptos, which is about 15 minutes east. Shout out to Cat and Cloud. Love you guys. Hope you're doing well. Uh, And also shout out to Carol from Cat and Cloud for uh, taking 30 minutes of your time to talk with me about podcasting and giving me some pointers. I think it really upped my game. So I'm excited to take some learning lessons away from there and I'm excited to have made a new friend. Hopefully we'll hear you on here at some point. All right, that's it. Peace. (laughs) Right. So, uh, before all of this, this is probably like early this year, late last year, their roaster brought a bunch of their baristas and, and just a lot of their employees in for, uh, a coffee cupping, but what they did was they had a they had a bunch of their coffees lined up for everybody to come and 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 sip, and then they also had a lineup of different nuts, and oh. they were they were oh, cool. they, they were like asked to like chew a nut, 
and then sip the coffees and see if they could find like each of those nuts in each of the coffees. Oh, wow. And so it's they had like, like pistachios, it, cashews, almonds, walnuts, hazelnuts. Like, yeah, oh, cool. yeah. And and what they what that was helping them do was create those connections mm. um, in the flavors, right? Because mm. you're what you're doing essentially when you taste is your is your tongue is sensing, and latching onto chemical compounds, and so yep. then you create those connections in your brain. Mm-hmm. It was a nice exercise in tasting and so you can do that with fruits if you have a coffee that mm-hmm. has a really you know a really nice lime note to it or a really nice you know mm-hmm. so a, a lot of ethiopian coffees are are generally especially nowadays um Leaning known for their blueberry. like blueberry notes right so if you had like a you know a cup of blueberries and you eat a cup of blueberries and then mm-hmm. you rinse your palate and then you drink your coffee can you find that blueberry in there mm-hmm. i love that stuff i would love to do mm-hmm. some sort of a a class or like a you know some sort of a, a tasting led by maybe matthew or luke rock or you know one of the you know one of the knowledgeable guys in our yeah in our community that would be really and pair cool. with some foods that'd be awesome I'd like, i'm i'm going to one of oliver's classes That's yeah dude doing. oliver when you do uh hit us up when you're going to do like an instagram live if you're going to do something yeah like that. yeah i'm yeah, going to be doing a taste there. i'll be doing a tasting pretty soon um like i'm releasing this uh tri estate costa rican bar pretty soon oh, um, cool. so i'll be doing a tasting of three different bars and essentially like i'll have it on my website and you basically pay for the tasting yeah like you, and you get the three chocolate bars delivered to you oh, and it's awesome. probably like login information login information for a zoom call yeah so what's doing it. what's the um what's your website primobotanica.com primobotanica.com yeah and awesome. i'll be posting about that on instagram too Oh, cool, man. Um, we'll make sure to have like, you know, links to your social and your website in the show notes and all that. When you say when you say tri-estate Costa Rica. Yeah. Um, do you mean so you mean three separate estates all based in Costa Rica? Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So it's a blend of all three. You That's know, I'm awesome. in on that. Yeah. For take real. my money. For God's sake. I'm going to move it. to Costa Rica. That's what I'm doing. I and really. The is, the, and all those, beans, all those beans are roasted differently, too. Um, oh, cool! And so, then blend together, like different developments. Uh, what do you mean? Like, like, like flavor like different, different yeah. time. Yeah, different flavor. Yeah, like, like, like roasting curves, right? Yeah, different, different roasting, roasting curves, curves for each one. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. that's so different awesome, amount of time, man. different like maximum temperature. Yeah. Hey, Dude, so we, we got to have you back on again. We like, absolutely we'll we'll have to have that. you for for a round two because we could talk to you for forever i think between uh recording one and recording two with the glitch in between i think (laughs) we're floating around an hour and a half here so i want to make sure we for everyone else's attention span yeah we'll we'll edit this down a little bit obviously but i for all your chocolate eater coffee drinkers out there (laughs) yeah for for i mean podcasts are meant to be long form so i you know i always welcome just continuing a, a really good conversation, but I want to make sure we hit a couple of good points. I want to make sure that we send people to the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's. We got one put, more question. That's we it. We do have one more question, yeah. so we'll ask you, "What's your jam?" Yeah. Ooh. What's your jam uh, this week? What's the music you've been feeling? Man, I've been listening. I've actually been listening to a lot of Bjork. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I weird. love Bjork. <laughs> yeah, i know that's like, some like a, of, some of her I old stuff some of her new stuff it's like that's awesome dude yeah. i know like uh most people probably don't give that response 
<laughs> they're like they're like who's that weird chick um what uh, is there yeah. like a song in particular that you've been jamming out to by her well yeah well i've actually been trying i've been trying to do some like covers on garage band um oh, cool. so I've been, yeah i've been trying to do is it uh pagan dreams oh nice that's an old yeah. one. Oh yeah exactly yeah yeah, so I've been trying to like, sort of like replicate album. the baseline and and just like slowly like layer together the whole thing. That's cool. So can you, just doing can you send us a sample of that? Can we hear that at some point? Once it's once it's good enough, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, that's awesome, man. Yeah, Bjork's dope. Yeah, so that's been fun. It's like it's like a cool way to just kind of like get better at sampling or like mm-hmm. you know just make making music, just mm-hmm. like doing, doing other people's stuff. But yeah, her her stuff's awesome and like. I mean, I would never be able to replicate her voice, so I'd have. I mean, yeah. To do that. <laughs> uh, Matt, what you jamming? Uh, <clears throat> forgive me, I'm looking for the song "Pagan Dreams" right now because oh, I want to hear it. Such a good song. I'm all the way back to 2003. Have I gone too far? I Are see pagan, pagan story, pagan poetry. Oh, pagan, pagan poetry. poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah. There you go. All right, so. Uh, that is going to be pagan poetry. I have hearted it on Spotify. So, you know, that that's going to come up and I'm going to yep. jam that soon. Nice. I've been jamming, uh, Kev, I, I got to thank you for this. I've been jamming, um, a lo-fi artist named Pondres from yep, Pondres. France, yep. from France, from Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got an album called Belleville. Yep. Since I've been then. jamming Pondres. And then I've also, so... Um, <clears throat> Oliver, I usually I'm really into like lo-fi hip hop beats as like a really nice background music when I'm like making coffee or cooking or something. But if I'm if I'm trying to like if I'm trying to jam out like Kenzie and I, um, we sat down, I think two nights ago and we had a couple cocktails and we were chatting and we had music in the background and I was listening to uh, the album Sex and Food by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Oh, so good. So good. That's a good one. Um, that's dope, man. I've been jamming, uh, and this is actually cool. Ron and I just had like we had a little like quick chat about it the other day, but um Johnny Booth popped up on my phone the other day. I saw that Instagram story. Oh my god, I forgot like you know, like it's so funny. I listen to R and B all the time and I listen to like this really calm music while I'm cooking and like I'll listen to like a lot of funk and dance and I'll be like bopping around my apartment. But for some reason that their album just popped up on Spotify. I was like, Hey, your one of your favorite albums to listen to is uh First Hand Accounts by Johnny Booth and like I didn't even know that Ron was a big fan of them from Stax, but like both of us were just like, Oh my god, they're so amazing. Like, dude, they're sure. yeah. I don't know. If you like metal like if you like like real like hardcore driving crazy metal, yeah. Johnny Booth is definitely a good pick. They're very like in your face. Like the the album starts with like these really dissonant off key chords, and it just doesn't stop. Wow. Like the yeah the album like and I love stuff like that, especially if I'm going for like a long run. I'll put on an album that I know just has no breaks in it. It's just like energy the whole way through and yeah that was a perfect tra- soundtrack for a really long run the other day yeah so that's I what i got it. yeah uh dude oliver thank you so yeah. much for coming on um where can people find you and your company yeah absolutely um so instagram uh primo botanica dot chocolate 
Um, I'll be posting a lot of updates on like new bars and stuff mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, any, like any, uh, like live classes that I'm going to have available. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my website, I'm constantly keeping updated. It's primobotanica.com. Okay. And I have a, I have a newsletter that I put out like every two weeks. So it's yeah. like pretty, uh, yeah. And we pretty, had just one bar today, but you have like a ton yes, of options. Yeah. Yeah. I've been producing a lot recently. Um, yeah, I've got a, I just released like last week, a quarantine box. Um, so I've actually <laughs> starting to make some like body care products also. So there's a, oh, cool. uh, so there's a cocoa butter salve in there. I'm using some like local sunflower oil. Um, uh, cool. yeah, six different chocolate bars and my bliss discs. Uh, so those are like, uh, what are chocolate. Discs? So it's basically like chocolate discs with like fillings. So I just uh, released one this week is like an almond joy. So I made my own coconut butter uh, oh. and then like almonds on top. And then I did like cherry jam, cashew butter, you know, so it's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, they're awesome, dude. That's so that's a quarantine box. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. much are okay. those? They're like, I think the the value is like 92, but they're like 80. And that includes shipping. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so you get so you get six bars, three bliss discs. Um, drinking chocolate and the salve. And that'll last you all a quarantine. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Well, yeah. awesome, man. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. Matt, take us out, man. I'm going to finish this chocolate bar and yeah, man. around my apartment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I also have to thank you for coming on, Oliver. Uh, it was great to meet you. Obviously, we're going to have to do this again. You are a, an endlessly interesting person, and I'm sure you have tons of other stories. Um, so people are going to have to follow you on Instagram to see more about your company and your shenanigans. And until next time, this has been the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to rate and subscribe. Tell all your friends. And we will catch you guys in the next one. Hooray. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Matt and Kevin. Thank Appreciate you, it. man. Yeah, definitely. All right. Love well, it, guys. Now that Matt did the bumper. Yeah, love you too, man. Now that Matt did the bumper, dude, you should totally put on your resume. I know we were talking about resumes. You should totally put on your resume. Uh, escaped a shrimp pirate. <laughs> like, like that's that's resume material oh, like yeah. people don't think about putting yeah, that yeah. on there but i guarantee you would yeah. get almost any job in the world if is you that put that kind of stuff on there they're gonna at least want to interview and be like so what's it's the hilarious. deal with this experience yeah. i mean is that it, is that a resume or a tinder profile both, both. man totally both, <laughs> both right, of us right, are right, just right. like commit to it i you would swipe right on you big Dude. time <laughs> yeah your chocolate arbitrage like Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, have a good day. I'll catch you later. I'm going to go eat breakfast, actually. Yeah, me too. That's, yeah. yeah. Save All right. Bye, boys. All right, guys. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. You made it to the end. Go you. Don't forget to rate and subscribe if you enjoyed our content. And if you want to see more of us, go to upstatecoffeecollective.com. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook. Maybe we'll even get a Twitter. If you want us to get a Twitter, I'll get a Twitter. What about TikTok? How do you feel about TikTok? I don't know about it. Oh, look at that. I ran out of music. Talk to you next time. Peace.